0: Welcome to Break Bias, I'm your host Brad Kramer, it's the 65th episode and I'm here after the Belgian Grand Prix. It was a rain-soaked sprint weekend before we finally got some dry running on Sunday, but the inevitable still happened. But before we get to that, first a quick reminder, check out the link tree in the description with links to all the platforms you can find this podcast it's like my YouTube channel, my Break Bias Twitter, my TikTok that I will be getting up and running this summer break. It also has my email address if you'd like to contact me, as well as my personal Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Now let's review the action around Spa Franco-Champs. Well, of course, it was another dominant weekend for Max Verstappen. But before I get into my normal recap, going through uh, the teams one by one, there is some off-track news that I want to cover first Um, with the, I guess, anticipating the rain that did eventually come this weekend. uh, It kind of prompted the drivers to put pressure on, uh, you know, the sport, FIA and F1 to cancel a race if the conditions got too treacherous. Um, and I must say maybe it was because the weekend overall was, was pretty clean in terms of incidents. I feel like race control did nail the delays, um, in start procedures and everything. So just wanted to start off the recap by giving them some props because I feel like, you know, they get all the criticism when things are wrong. They never get any of the credit when they do things well. Also, Um, The big kind of, I shouldn't say the big talking point, but a big talking point is the uh, tire blankets that were going to be banned for next season. That has actually been postponed um, for at least another year. So we might not be seeing drivers on ice basically at the beginning of uh, or uh, after their pit stops, I should say, uh, come next year. That was in the works um, and is no more. So. Now I will get into, I guess, the team that dominated the weekend, and that's Red Bull. Um, Max started it off by taking a five-place grid penalty for a new gearbox, but it didn't matter. He was incredible this weekend, barring a bit of a shaky Q2 and an SQ3, I'm, I might add. Um, he was very close to getting eliminated in Q2. I, w- I was actually pretty upset that the bottom five in that session couldn't make Max pay for his his poor execution squeezing by in 10th. I mean, if that was Perez, it feels like Perez wouldn't have been out there. So Max get a gets a bit of luck there. Um, but then in Q3, of course, goes quickest by 8 tenths. So just really does show that it was obviously a lack of execution. Either way, probably wouldn't have mattered because he won by 22 seconds on Sunday. He was clearly having fun out there. Once he got through signs, Piastri easily because of their squabble, then took a bit to get past Hamilton and Leclerc. And by lap 17 on the new tires, he gets past his teammate as well. Um, We were treated to some pretty comical radio messages between Max and his engineer, Jean-Pierre Lambiassi. GP, trying to tell him to nurse his tires a bit more when he puts on the new softs. And Max felt like pushing for a three-stop for pit stop training because that's just the type of margin that he has over Checo at the moment kind of a hilarious um back and forth Christian Horner even calling it uh or calling them an old married couple after the race it was quite funny um but yeah he's just so relaxed in the in the cockpit basically because he just has nothing to worry about at the moment it's it's really really easy and honestly i wouldn't be surprised if max did get bored of f1 if this is uh what it's going to be like for him for the next few years because i can tell you the fans are getting bored too there are still hardcore fans like myself that are going to watch every single weekend, no matter what. But the casual fan is not watching F1 anymore. It, it just it, it's it's just the fact. I mean, F1 still has great um, off track appeal and and everything. But when the same guy wins every single weekend with ease, it's just not great for the product. And F1 has to know that. But what can they do? It's not really red bull's fault it's not max's fault he is not to blame so he shouldn't be punished the blame lies on the other teams and it's the sad reality of the sport red bull's just doing a way 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 better job at the moment um and I guess I, I left out the sprint. Uh, Max did the exact same thing in the sprint, uh, getting Piastri, McLaren, I will admit, did a fant- uh, fantastic job there um, in the pits to get Oscar out, um, just go right in on the, on the rolling start, get those inters on, and uh, get ahead of the field, kind of queuing in the pit lane. Um, that's what earned him P1 on the road, 100%. Max was reeling him in after he came out because he had to go and do a whole lap or else Max would have been screwed being in the first pit box. He would have probably lost more positions. So only losing one wasn't too bad. He was reeling Piastri in. And then, of course, we get that safety car for Alonso. And then he just was clever to use his straight line speed advantage and get past Piastri and basically just drive to an easy one for the sprint. So, um, yeah, and as for Checo there, he was struggling um, a bit. And this is in the sprints. Lewis was... Very quick, in the wet, um, coming on to the long run into the bus stop chicane. Hamilton tries to go down the inside of Stavelo, and they touch. Now, this incident, of course, gave Hamilton a five-second penalty, left Perez with a hole in his side pod, and later retired after losing all his rear grip and going off. What did I think of of the incident, though? Um, A lot of people are thinking it, it, it was a bit harsh and... When I first saw it, I was like, ah, it doesn't look great for Lewis because typically if a driver's going down the inside, um, even if he was significantly alongside as much as Lewis was, when they are on kind of an aggressive line that doesn't seem to leave much room for the car on the outside, I feel like the stewards do tend to lean towards giving a penalty. However, considering, you know, the wet conditions and how much Perez was struggling even before that hole on his side pod. I did think it was a bit harsh um, for the five-second penalty as well, but it is what it is. I do think it wasn't wasn't ridiculous to give Lewis five seconds there. So, yeah, I I concede that. Um, But, yeah, for Red Bull, I mean – great weekend for them. Kind of a mixed weekend for Checo. Um, In the race, I think he was solid. I mean, of course, a P2 finish is where he needs to be. Finally, they get a 1-2. It's been way too long since Red Bull's got a 1-2. But again, he's not really battling Max at all. He's more so managing a gap to Charles and and Lewis. His race is with other drivers and teams that don't have cars anywhere near the car that Checo's in. And he can't even get close to his teammates. So it's hard to say he has a good weekend when you get slapped up by your teammate. That is usually, you know, the the main um, marker. I mean, P9 for Lance Stroll, let's, let's just throw him. I, I'm going to talk about Aston Martin. But just as an example, where Aston Martin's been scoring recently, P9, you would say, it's not bad. I mean, it wasn't terrible. But then when you see his gap to, to Fernando, you're like, Yeah, okay, well, Lance obviously has another underwhelming weekend. So we can't just say that Perez had a great weekend because look at what his teammate just did to him. It's, again, underwhelming. Um, But at the end of the day, Max is a different beast, so getting close to him is a lot harder than other teammates. But anyway, yeah, mixed weekend from Checo, as I said, um, because Red Bull was just miles clear of the the field, so P2 should be the minimum. Um, Because the next closest team to Red Bull this weekend, I would say, appeared to be Ferrari. I mean, Charles, uh, P2 in qualifying, inherited pole position, um, you know, was was very quick to earn a podium in the race and hold off Lewis. He controlled the gap brilliantly. I actually voted him for driver of the day, although I do think Max probably did deserve it. I just, I don't know. I, I don't really ever, Max wins enough. Give, give, give other people uh, some awards. So I, I, I don't really bet uh, or vote on him ever. Um, unless it was like superb, and I mean, this was a great drive again, but yeah. Anyway, um, tough one for Carlos. Uh, of course, locked up into turn one, pinched Oscar into the wall. I do think it was more on Oscar than it was Carlos. Um, you know, it probably should have ended both of their races instantly. Uh, I was I th- I was worried for Lewis, who is the third car on the outside there, because of course I am a fan of Lewis. Um, and I thought that that was going to end in tears for the three of them, but it only gave damage to, uh, the two of them, Carlos and Oscar. Um, but instead of, uh, well, we saw Piastri not even make it around the lap. And then of course for Carlos, we, we see 15 laps of pain Ferrari just felt like keeping him out there to suffer and fall all the way back to the bottom of the field before finally retiring the car. Very strange, um, but you know, strong weekend from the other side of the garage. Encouraging pace and tire wear for Ferrari. I think straight line speed is clearly a strength of theirs um, when it when it compares to Mercedes, Aston, and McLaren. So look out for Ferrari and Monza, maybe that would be pretty exciting. Um, and then I guess the last piece on them before I move on to Mercedes is uh Ron someone who's been with Ferrari for a long, long time, is officially done there. He is set to become the Alpha tire team principal after France Tost retires. So this was the end of Laura Mecki's at Ferrari. And uh pretty good way to send him off, I would say, with a podium and a pole position. Now uh, Mercedes, they actually brought an upgrade to their bodywork here. Um, they, you could see clearly that they're cooling inlet, which this is a complete coincidence because upgrades are are planned in advance, but uh Hungry. They had a bit of a cooling issue, and then we have an update to their cooling inlet. And uh, their bodywork was noticeably different, um, but I don't think it was a massive, um, a massive upgrade. I think Mercedes was actually pretty quick in the wet, especially in the hands of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, in the dry on Sunday, they were a clear third fastest. Um, but with that, you know, they still come away with the second most points because Mercedes always executes better than Ferrari somehow. But I more so than the race, I want to discuss the qualifying sessions for Mercedes since I uh, kind of already went through the penalty Lewis got as well in the sprint. Um, in sprint quali, I, arg- I think Lewis arguably could have gone quickest with, uh, of course, Max not really hooking his lap up. Um, but, of course, we go on the, the final lap, the final run, the one that matters the most, of course, because the times just keep on tumbling down. George is ahead of Lewis. He locks up into turn one and basically impedes him all the way down the camel straight uh, and up Radion and whatnot. That puts Lewis P7 and George P10. George abandoned his lap, and Lewis lost so much time getting impeded by George. It really hurt because I do think if, like, even at worst, Lewis was probably going to finish P4 um, and not P7. And who knows how that could have changed p uh, the rolling start when, you know, it was all about the pit stops to enters and how that played out. Of course, Lewis gained positions from that. Um, but if he was in P4, maybe he's ahead of Perez. Maybe he doesn't get, uh or even a Gasly as well, he doesn't get into that squabble with Perez. Maybe he actually finishes P2 in the sprint instead of P7. Um, so yeah, kind of just a disappointing one. And, and as for George, um, yeah, shocking qualifying sessions all... Uh, weekend long, um, a brutal start in the race, you know, getting caught behind Oscar, but he did recover well. Um, not forgetting, not getting Fernando at the end hurt a bit because I do feel like Mercedes had a lot more pace than the Aston Martin. So I wouldn't say it was a brilliant drive from George by any means, um, but it was fine. It was good enough. Uh, yeah, George did have a bit more wing on his Mercedes this weekend, uh, rear wing that is. So Lewis was a bit faster on the straights, and I, and I think that may have cost George in the end there. Um, kind of what happened to McLaren, which uh, we can get into because McLaren set their car up uh, for the for the rain, similar to George, a little bit slower on the straights, but more downforce. And that did not pan out for McLaren at all on Sunday. Uh, a complete nightmare, of course, the turn one incident. As I said, I think it was more Piastri's fault. Uh, a gap that wasn't there, he should have just pulled out. Um, Lando did struggle massively at first, trying everything he can with his engineers, different settings and whatnot to try to fire those tires up and and get some pace. At one point, he was just he lost out to two cars on one straight, it was bad, but he did recover nicely to uh score a P7 finish. Not where I thought McLaren was going to be this weekend, um, but. Overall, it was still kind of a an interesting showing from them because in the wet they were great. And Piastri still had a positive weekend despite his retirement, with uh, great quality results. And you know he led a race for the first time. He'll never forget that. Gets P2 in the sprint. Um, He did an awesome job there. But yeah, I just expected this to be more of a McLaren track, but I was wrong. Um, I guess the straights are still a bit of an issue for them as well. I think they. Spa has a lot of full throttle, and I don't think the straight-line speed of the McLaren is quite there yet. Um, their tire wear also seemed to be a bit of a problem. Spa is a pretty tire-limited track, and I think they struggled with that this weekend as well. So we'll see um, when we come out of the the break. I think Zandvoort could be a good one, very twisty track. Straight-line speed is not going to matter much, and there are some fast corners. Um but they're also, there's also some slow speed. I'm not sure they're going to fare well in uh, in uh, Sector 3, but the banked corner should be able to end that sector well from them. I imagine they're going to be rapid through there. So, yeah, looking forward to coming out of the summer break and seeing where McLaren is there. Aston Martin, just kind of quickly, I think they were better overall this weekend, Quali and the race, but they had a horrendous Saturday. I mean, th- that decision to put Stroll on Slicks in Q2 was such an awful mistake putting him out on mediums way too early. Um, Stroll, I, I can't even blame him. I mean, I think going down that hill, anyone in Formula One on slick tires probably would have lost it or they would have had to like absolutely crawl. Um, but of course, he's not going to do that because he doesn't want to get eliminated from Q2. But in the end, it costs both of them because Alonso was behind Stroll. And they immediately had to red flag it. They're both out in Q2. Um, and then in the sprint race, Alonso makes an uncharacteristic error. He puts his car on the wall. Just a horrible, horrible Saturday for Aston Martin. Um, but on Sunday, it was fine. Double points finished. Fernando P5 is actually a, a decent result. Um, in the end, yeah, still not really challenging with Ferrari and Mercedes. But they did... Um, maximize or not even maximize because Lance Stroll's strategy wasn't great they thought the rain was going to be um heavier he did talk about that afterwards he thinks he could have been probably where Lando finished but instead finished p9 yeah uh so they didn't quite maximize but still decent weekend from them um and moving on to Alpine this could have probably been an off-track news but We have team principal Otmar Safnauer and sporting director Alan Permain. They were both dismissed from Alpine. And this was right after Otmar was on the Beyond the Grid podcast talking about the commitment to the 100 race race plan. That was a tough look. Um, He will reportedly be replaced by Bruno Famine, someone who's been with the team for a while. Alpine also just recently replaced their CEO, Laurent Rossi, who was not well-liked. And Williams has their new CTO, It's Pat Fry from Alpine, another person leaving Alpine. He was their CTO. So that is a lot of turnover at the Enstone unit. Um, Just, yeah, shocking personnel news from the team. But on a more positive note, what they did to honor the late Antoine Hubert and Delano Van Toff in the rain was awesome. Uh, Pierre Gasly invited everyone from F1, 2, and 3 to go for a runaround spa, and a lot of people came out even despite the weather. And it also is kind of cool because this is a bit of a home race for Alpine now at the French Grand Prix. Um, But yeah, Pierre, you know, dropped the flowers off that he has at the same corner for four years now, left a little note that said he will prove them wrong, which is kind of cool. And then the very next day, of course, grabs P3 in the sprint, dedicated the finish to Antoine. So yeah, kind of great scenes there at Alpine. I, I did really enjoy that after all the bad news surrounding the, you know, turnover and whatnot in the race a bad strategy for pierre probably cost him a few points. They they still got 4 points with Esteban, maybe missed out on a couple more with Pierre as i said, but decent showing of pace but again, yeah, nowhere n- where they want to, nowhere near where they want to be of course. Um Alpine a bit of a disappointment since the beginning part of the season where it looked like they may have been able to close the gap but Not to be. So, finally, we get to the results. Max Verstappen, P1, of course, his eighth straight win. P2, Sergio Perez, a decent but, again, unimpressive drive. I I mean, wow, I might be Checo's biggest critic, honestly. Sheesh. Like, I think I need to give this guy a break. But, uh, yeah, he, he needs to do more to impress me, I guess. P3, Charles Leclerc was rather quick here, to be honest, all weekend, I think. P4, Lewis Hamilton basically finished where he... You know, would have started had it not been for Max's penalty. Fernando Alonso was P5, slightly more encouraging for Aston this weekend, as said previously, followed by George Russell in P6. Then Lando in P7, tough day for him in McLaren, but decent recovery. Ocon in P8, then in P9, Lance Stroll, then P10.12, Yuki Tsunoda. Very strong weekend from him. Now the driver standings, Max Verstappen sits alone at 314 points. The next is Sergio Perez, not even in the 200s yet. He's at 189. He holds a 40-point gap to Fernando Alonso, who is barely holding on to P3 there ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Lewis only one point behind Fernando in P4. Then it is two drivers tied at 99 points. That's Charles Leclerc and George Russell. Charles is technically ahead on countback. Then it's Carlos Sainz, seven points back from the both of them. Then Lando Norris, a little bit of a gap to him. He is on 69 points. Then Lance Stroll with 47. Esteban Ocon with 35 rounding out the top 10. Oscar Piastri is at 34 points, and I do expect him to probably reassert himself in the top 10 in the coming races. Now looking at the constructors' points, Red Bull is officially double the next team. Uh, They are at 503 points. Mercedes at 247. That's a decent gap to Aston Martin now, who's at 196. They're barely holding on to P3 now, only five points ahead of Ferrari. Then it goes to McLaren. They lost ground here. They're at 103 points. They were only 80 back before um, Alpine is at 57 in P6, then Williams and Haas still tied on 11 points for P7, then it's Alfa Romeo with 9 in P9, and Alfa with 1 point, but they're still in P10 with 3 points. Now let's look at the prize demise and surprise. Well, I thought hard about the prize more than the other two, um, to be honest. I'm giving the prize to Yuki Sonoda because I think I couldn't give it to any team besides just Red Bull. But, I mean, Red Bull doesn't have that much to gain anymore. So it's hard for me to give them prizes. I really thought about just giving it to Max Verstappen. Um, I thought about giving it to Charles Leclerc. But I try to look at the bigger picture with each result. And I think Sonoda um, was better than Ricardo. All, um he, he did a great drive all weekend long. was better than Ricardo. And of course, that means a lot for his career to stay on top of Daniel. So I think he probably won the most from the weekend. So that's why he gets the prize. Uh, As for the demise, I thought about this one too. And I think it's McLaren. Um, They just, I think overall, had just a bit of a scrappy weekend. I expected a lot more from them. I could have put them in the surprise, to be honest. Um, but I, I didn't really have anything better for Demise either, so I think I had to give it to them to only come away with... They, they actually scored more points in the sprint than they did in the race, which I think is kind of um, why I think I had to give them Demise. Just not a lot of points. I think there's still a lot of races left, but they should be aiming at catching Ferrari and Aston Martin, in my opinion, and this was not the type of weekend that they needed, especially on a sprint where more points were on the table. So... Yeah, the demise, I think, just has to go to them. And then surprise was Williams. I don't really have an exciting one here, but uh, I didn't really talk about Williams in the recap. So just quickly, I I really thought they were going to be a lot better here with so much of the laps at at full throttle. And they have this slippery car, but I think the tire wear just really, really killed them. They're not great on their tires. And Spa just chewed through them this weekend that's kind of how I felt because Albon was making great moves at the start I'm like man is this guy seriously gonna like overtake himself into like a p7 finish and then he completely fell apart just because they had to do more pit stops and everyone um and at one point I thought Sargent was looking good and then his tires completely fell off and then he was absolutely nowhere um bit of a tough weekend for him as well so I'm just surprised Williams uh didn't do better I guess so that's that. And then instead of the championship segment, I'm going to just go straight into Brad's bets since it's going to be a while since we do another race preview. So let's just review my picks. That's all. We're not obviously giving out any more. Um, this week I had Alex Albon points finish, Lando Norris podium, and Max Hattrick. Those were all no's. So not a great weekend for me, but I did give out two winners. That was Over 8 seconds winning uh, margin in the race, that was plus 175, so that was a really good one, that of course cashed, and then over 0.25 quality margin, was it ever, 8 tenths, so yes, that one easily cashed, and then in my long shot of Alpine Double DNF, which honestly, I basically said I didn't really believe in myself, that did not hit, of course, so Those are my picks, two out of six this weekend if you include the long shot, not great stuff. So apologies, but I did give out one plus 75, 175 winner, and that was actually the biggest long shot of them all. So if you hit that one, you probably kind of made it up. So, guys, that's going to do it. A short one um, for episode 65 of Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer. I will be taking a week off for the summer break, uh, enjoying a long weekend with the family, so I will not be back next week. But I will be back with episode 66 in a couple weeks for the summer break recap. That one's always fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, my week off and then coming back recharged. So, yeah, goodbye.